Life Audio. Coming up on Encouragement for You, Dr. Gary Oliver on the emotions of cancer patients and Christian psychiatrist Dr. Frank Menrith answers listener questions. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Despite recent medical advances in cancer treatment, many people still consider a cancer diagnosis a death sentence. Fear, depression, anxiety, and other emotions are common. Dr. Gary Oliver has been treated for a number of cancers, and he and host Don Hawkins discuss dealing with the emotions that accompany a cancer diagnosis. Gary, if we have these emotions, if we have this roller coaster that includes uh, shock and denial and panic and anger and despair and all of those emotions and probably a dozen others that we could identify, uh, what do we do with them? How do we handle them and how should we not handle them? First of all, what we should not do is to deny them or beat ourselves up or say we shouldn't feel that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Emotions aren't good or bad. Emotions just are. Now, the danger, Don, with emotions, as you know, is that we allow those emotions to control us. Yeah. For us to feel something is fine. But when we allow our emotions to control us, that's when they become a problem. Anger, for example, anger is a God-given emotion. In fact, mm-hmm. the majority of references to anger, as we've talked before in the program, uh, in, in Scripture, refer to God's anger. Mm-hmm. But when we allow the anger to control us, that's when we get into trouble. And so, to understand the emotions, to talk about it, to... To, to, to name them, to, 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 to understand what normal is. Emotions are a gift from God to us. It's part of what it means to be an image bearer. God has emotions. We have emotions. And God gives us our emotions to enrich and enhance our lives. But that won't happen unless we understand those emotions and share them. Yeah. So, first of all, we don't deny them. We don't pretend they're not there. And then we have to find a way to share them. How do we come to an understanding of our emotions? Well, one of the first steps is to is to name the emotion. And again, that can be hard for some people. But, for example, if we find ourselves going over and over, like 
this will never get better, and 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 and, and what if this happens? What? But the, the, then what we have then is worry, and and depression is more than sadness. Depression is a feeling that involves helplessness and hopelessness. And of course, most of us know what anger is. The first step is, is to name the emotion. And you, you know, Paul in Corinthians talks about taking every thought captive mm. to the obedience of Christ. What I've discovered, Don, is that we can also take every emotion captive to yeah. the obedience of Christ. Mm. And not say, yeah, you know, when I got the cancer diagnosis, it was logical that I would have some worry and that I would have some, some depression for goodness yeah. sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Gary. To control yeah. me. Yeah. I love your distinction there. It's logical that I should have some worry, but the, the worry doesn't have to control me. Uh, you did a study of worry and anxiety one time, working on a book with Frank Menrith called Worry-Free Living. And um, there are 25 references to worry or anxiety, the word that's used in the New Testament. Five of them are positive words that have the idea of caring, caring for one another. For example, Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, Timothy, caring for the church in Philippi, those kinds of things. And, and yet there's an inordinate care, an anxious care, a worry that distracts us from being able to function in life. And when when that worry, that anxiety just so grips our lives that we can't function, uh, it is time to, to do something about it. And I think you're absolutely right. We have to take thoughts captive. We have to take emotions captive. Uh, which of those comes first? Do you start with the thoughts or start with the emotions? Well, I think, I think for most people, the, the, the thoughts, the, the mind leads us to the emotions because most of us don't understand emotions very well. Yeah. But, but we understand our thoughts. And, you know, at the root of worry, Don, is, is, is concern, and concern is healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's the difference between concern and worry, okay? Concern leads to action. Worry leads to more worry. Mm. Great okay? distinction. So when, when I'm concerned, I'm going to call a doctor. I'm going to go online, I'm going to Google uh, squamous cell carcinoma or pancreatic cancer, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find some help groups. Uh, it, you know, concern leads to mm-hmm. action. Worry leads to more worry, and it just yeah. gets worse and worse and worse. Vicious, vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah, so important that we understand that. Uh, the other thing worry is a signal to do is to pray. Paul says in Philippians 4, stop being anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And he doesn't promise he'll take care of all the problems, but he does promise to give us the peace that goes beyond all understanding. And, and he has promised to supply all of our needs. Yeah, that's according uh, to his riches yeah. and glory. In the same passage, yeah, right yeah, there. And and, and 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 he has to do that because that, that's God's character. God, yeah. God, God cannot not keep His word. Sarah is listening in Ohio. Thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Hi. Um, thanks for just even having the conversation about this. Um, yeah. I am 29 years old, and um, August 14th, I lost my father. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. He has um, a very aggressive form of cancer. Um, he was diagnosed in April, late April, hmm. um, early May. And um, what a mind-blowing thing um, it was for our family. Hmm. And yeah. um, I really think that the grieving process started with the diagnosis, you know, as, as I think you mentioned um, yeah. <sighs> yeah, we um, we start grieving before we lose the loved one when right. when there's a diagnosis like this and a chance we'll lose them. Right, and it's it's been a very um, strong test of my faith. Mm. Um, 
to to wrap your um, thoughts around the fact that you could lose someone and it could be God's will not to heal them, you know, but then yet to have the faith to keep praying yeah. and, and be determined about it. Um, it, it was, it was hard at that time Absolutely. to kind of, you know, hope for the best and prepare for the worst, I guess. Yeah. You still must have a huge hole in your life right now though. Oh, I, yeah. Um, your heart. It, it's hard. Um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes words can't express, but it's, it's, interesting to be able to take a step back and, you know, recognize the um, the feelings and the emotions that I'm going through. And I, I was wondering, can, when you're going through the grieving process and you're looking at the stages of grieving, can you go through more than one at a time? I mean, or can you flip-flop between them? Oh, great. Oh, absolutely. You know, they, they aren't linear stages like you're now leaving stage one, going into stage two, and now you're, you know, they tend to be uh, repeating, you, you you can go through them again and again, and 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 more than one at the same time. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> so I've you're very normal here, that. right? <laughs> that's that's how it works, and I, I just can't help thinking, Sarah, that that you have learned some things along the way, just from the tone of your voice and uh, yeah. the honesty about the struggles with you know where was God, why did this happen, and and yet your continued persistent faith despite having lost your dad and feeling that intense grief and and as only a daughter can do when she's lost her father. Uh, what has helped you through this, Sarah? Um, honestly, um, the prayer has helped a lot. Um, it's It's been amazing to see how God continues to answer prayer, even though it might not be, you know, of course my father passed away, and that was not my prayer. Right. <laughs> you know, I wanted <laughs> yeah. him to be healed. Sure. Um, but I could see God's thumbprint through the whole process, mm, you yeah. know, and there were many, you know, that peace that does come. Right. That yeah. he does provide. It came many, many times. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just the instant my prayer left my tongue, yeah. he was there, you know, mm-hmm. and he was there when I wasn't praying, I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and the people that interceded for me, you know, and the support that I received from my, um, my church and my friends and my loved ones, you know, it all brought us through. Yeah, we want to be of encouragement. We're going to pray with you right now. Oh, thank you. Tonight, Lord, continue to encourage and strengthen Sarah. She's lost her dad. Her family suffered a great loss, and yet you've been a faithful God through this time. Continue to encourage and strengthen her heart. Give her grace for this and every day ahead. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live. Heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. For decades, Christian psychiatrist Dr. Frank Minrith and Encouragement for You host Don Hawkins answered listener questions on a variety of subjects on live call-in radio. In our next segment, they respond to callers on mental health issues. We have a number of people waiting on the phones. One of those is Philip, listening in Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, how Thanks. you doing? Yes, very well. Thanks for calling us. Go ahead. Yeah, well... My question was, uh, 
I was um right now I'm kind of struggling with this addiction that I have, and um and I I, I believe in God and I, I read the Word, but it's just this thing. Well, now since I I struggle with this addiction, I I want to know is it is it condemnation or is it conviction? Is it that is it is, is God still dealing with me or has He just turned me turned me over to a, what they was mentioned in Romans or a reprobate mind? Yeah, fill the I, I, that, yeah. That's my question because I, I I don't know. I'm still struggling with it, and I just don't. I, sometimes I just don't feel as though as God is with me, and I keep praying, and I, I and I keep feeling as though God. I, I I mean, I don't deserve your grace, and I keep messing up, and I don't see why I'm I'm still praying to you, you know. But I still also feel as though that you know I've been turned over. I I don't know. I'm so glad you called us tonight, Philip. Your dilemma is a very common one, especially when we struggle with sin issues and with addiction issues. And uh, the very fact that you are struggling with this is an indication that God has not given up on you, that God is dealing with you. Let me let Dr. Minrith address some issues with you, and then I'll come back with some words of encouragement, okay? Okay. Uh, oh, Philip, you. I'm so glad you called. And, of course, Christ loves you. I mean, he died for you. He loved you so much he died for you. First John 1, 9, my friend, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Philip, right. what you need to do, my friend, you need to get someone that you can be accountable to. So when you're tempted to get into this addiction, you can call them. And maybe you can help them be it. You can hold them accountable in some areas, too. So it's a mutual yep. thing. Uh, maybe in a, in a church that could, God really uses his church, so maybe in the church. And then you, you need to get some uh, Bible verses that will give you strength, 1 Corinthians 10.13 is a great one to start yeah. with, my friend. So you jot that down, 1 Corinthians 10.13. You memorize it, put it to memory, get your accountability partner, get involved in your church. Philip, sometimes with some addictions, it depends on the kind, but, but some of them uh, we, can, we can help medically. And so right. th- there's, there's many, many ways to approach yeah. this. Probably the other area is sometimes it helps to have someone to talk to. Yeah. So you, you sort of figure out what, what's behind this addiction. What need am I trying to meet, and how could Christ meet it in a much better way? Yeah, that's a very uh, set, a good set of wise observations and counsel, Philip. I want to encourage you to look at a passage of Scripture in James chapter 4. And uh, make note of this passage of Scripture. Jot these verses down. James 4, verses 6 through 10. And it basically talks about how we can humble ourselves in the sight of God. It says, he gives more grace. So he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, the devil wants to use temptations and an addiction. And then it says, draw near to God. That involves that time in the Word, continuing to recognize the presence of God. Having verses of Scripture like 1 Corinthians 10.13, verses that you've memorized, Philippians 4.13, that can help you during those hard times. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded. In essence, what he's saying is, deal with the things on the outside that are there. If it's something that involves watching your television set or looking at stuff on your computer, you may need to deal with your television set and your computer by basically unplugging them or getting rid of them. But the main thing is to also purify your heart, to meditate on the Word of God. God says that He'll cleanse us. Psalm 119, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your Word. Let's talk next with Deborah who's listening tonight in North Carolina. 
Thanks for calling us. Thank you. Um, I'm bipolar and just recently found out that I have borderline personality disorder and uh, wanted to know a little bit more about it. And uh, I've been married for 35 years and my husband is divorcing me now because of the cause of my bipolar he's tired of putting up with all the problems that it's caused well i'm so glad you called in well we want you to know something that's very important deborah that just because you are dealing with bipolar disorder and dealing with perhaps some borderline personality symptoms, that doesn't mean that you are what those things are. You are somebody that Jesus loves, that Christ died for, that God cares about. Have you trusted Christ as your personal Savior? Yes, sir. Okay. And I had a evangelist come to our church, and he, we had revival for a week, and uh, I talked with him. He told me there was no such thing as bipolar Hmm. or borderline personality disorder. Well, you know, evangelists, their basic job is to preach the gospel, not to diagnose mental and emotional problems. And uh, uh, Dr. Frank Minrith is a strongly committed Christian who understands and knows God's Word, and uh, he can give you some very important perspectives on those things. Uh, Frank? Deborah, I'm so appreciative that you called, and and Christ does love you. And the, the, you know, we're talking about these different mental health issues, but you've got to remember that Christ can help you. You can grow. You can improve. With borderline personality, Deborah, it, it pertains to maladaptive behavior. And that maladaptive behavior means it's gone on for years, behavior that's not healthy, and it will usually involve the mood, so a person may have down times. It will usually involve anger, it will usually involve conflicts with people. Sometimes they'll over-idealize them, then they'll sort of undervalue them. Undervalue, undervalue them. So it, it's that it swings. It's really very similar to bipolar disorder in the more weak forms because in bipolar disorder there are mood fluctuations. A person's down a lot, and then sometimes they may get high and do things they shouldn't do. Uh, bipolar disorder, there's often a lot of anger. There may be... Uh, trouble with uh, not sleeping well and poor judgment again. So there's, a, there's an over. There's a lot of overlap between bipolar two and borderline personality disorder. But Deborah, in either case, you know, grow in Christ, memorize Scripture, work on having healthy behavior. If something is not healthy, sinful, run from it like crazy. If other people are not healthy. I agree with you that your husband's divorcing you because yeah. people can grow in Christ. Everybody's imperfect, Deborah. That's why Christ died for us. With the bipolar, especially, Deborah, there are great medicines that can help today to stabilize people. Our next call comes from a lady. We'll use the name Jill. And uh, Jill, thank you for calling. So it's good to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. How can we help? Yes, I don't know really how to go about this. This is kind of a private matter. I, for a while, I seemed to believe that maybe my husband's messing around with behind my back. We've been married for so many years, mm. and but he's got a best friend that's helping him get back right with Jesus Christ, and myself, I'm trying to do the same. Well, this lady friend happens to be an ex-wife, and she's coaching him to do the right thing, to get ready for God, and try to reveal him back to his health and everything. I see that as 
God's way of saying she's a friend. But I guess the green-eyed monster has a way of saying something different once in a while to me. Now, Jill, and yeah, let me, let I me feel just, different, yeah, but yeah. I know he loves me. Yeah. Let what me, let should me, I feel? Is this natural? Yeah. Jill, what, should I do hang in there or what? Well, I'm glad you called, Jill. And certainly, uh, we have concerns along with you. I want to make sure that we're understanding what you're saying, and that's why I jumped in there. Uh, are yeah. you saying that this the woman who is coaching your husband is his ex-wife? Yes. So he was married to her. They are divorced, yes. and you're married to him. And now yes. she is serving as a coach uh, for him, working with him. I'm not against her. I am not. Yeah. But well, but you've raised a very important... Twisted, yeah. you know? Yeah, you've raised a very important question. Dr. Minerith, I'd like to get your perspective on this issue. What are the things that Jill should be concerned about in this situation? Jill, so good to hear from you. And let me just speak in general, because obviously... You know, it's hard to be specific, but but in general, Jill, we we really advise against uh, uh, ex-wife coaching a current wife's husband. Uh, as you said, that sounds twisted, and so other options would be to get a male in the church to do the coaching uh, rather than the ex-wife to do the coaching. Another option would again be to memorize verses that might help him. Uh, Job thirty-one-one might be a great one. Proverbs four. 15 might be a great one, so coaching from God's Word, coaching from a male friend, not a female friend, uh, ex-wife. So I I think you've discerned it already. You really sort of said the same thing that I'm trying to reframe for you, but but that that does not sound uh, what we usually feel is healthy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.